you reinventors out there. This is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I'm the founder of this podcast and of CoveyClub.com, your place to find your answers about reinvention. We hope that you will come over and check us out. We have content, we have how-to articles, we have essays, we have so much stuff that's inspirational. We also have classes you can take. Um, as you'll hear me talking to Jillian today, she's going to come teach a class about how to build a, a modern resume and what to do with your LinkedIn. So be sure you sign up for that one. And um, we just love reinvention. We know how to get you going and we know how to make it stick. So listen up. And today we've got a wonderful conversation that we had today with Jillian Williams. And she is a partner and founder of Mon Monday Talent, which is a recruitment agency rooted in the marketing, communications, and creative arenas with a deep commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. She also comes out of the fashion business. This was not her first choice. Um, she found her way into this, she says, because she's a talker. Uh, and what a wonderful talker she is. So not only will she talk a little bit about her personal reinvention and why she reinvented and how she found the thing that was right for her, but she has just a plethora of tips and tricks for you about how to reinvent your job search. That's what we need to do today. We can't do it the same old way. Your resume can't look old. Your picture can't look old. You can't approach it in the way that it used to be done because things are different. So she has tips and tricks for you. So be sure to listen all the way to the end. And I hope that you will enjoy the wonderful Jillian Williams. Welcome, Jillian. We finally connected. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm so excited because I love what you do. And I think you have a lot of information for Covey Clubbers and women 40 plus who are trying to reinvent themselves. And we're going to talk about what you do in terms of how women can reinvent their job search, because it's very different today than it was in the past. Okay. But you also have a little reinvention story, you said. So let's talk a little bit about you first, and yeah. then we'll get to how women can change their direction when they job hunt. You started in fashion, you say? I did, yes. Yeah. So I, I, I have a, I went to school. I have a, a major in psychology. But if you really wanted to pursue that, you needed to to get a master's. So I ended up falling into into a career in, in fashion. I was a buyer. Um, I moved to to Maine. I oh, you're kidding. Yeah, I moved. I moved to Maine. I'm from New York. I moved to Maine for a couple of years. Followed a guy. I can't say that it was some like you know other really ambitious thing, but um, that's okay. Yeah, it's, uh, I learned my lesson there. You know, I was I was in my twenties and Aww. I ended up um, <laughs> becoming a, a buyer at a store, and it, it was amazing. You know, someone who loves fashion. I didn't study this, and I had the opportunity to to just buy clothes for this this really amazing boutique in Maine um but where in Maine my son lives in Portland oh, we're gonna be oh, up it there. was in Portland it was in Portland Maine where should I shop you'll have yeah, to give me Akari 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 A-K-A-R-I 
Yeah, it's this, it's like, um, it's a, a salon, a spa, but then they also have a beautiful like retail boutique. At least they did, this was 10, almost 10 years ago. Oh, but, 10 years uh, ago. Okay, yeah, I'll like check it out, it was, see if it's yeah, still there. See if, see if it's still there. It's a beautiful, beautiful space. Um, okay, right downtown. cool. But, um, so yeah, so I, I eventually they'll realize, you know, Maine, coming from New York, it, it, it was very different. It, it really lacked diversity and it, I just didn't see the, the same opportunities that I, you know, would have in New York. And so I ended up moving back, but again, I was, I was super lost. Um, you know, I left without a job and I ended up, um, I, you know, fell into a pretty deep depression just because I really, yeah. I wasn't doing anything. I saw people around me and their careers were flourishing. And I was like, it was, um, it was at a time where the job market was not like it is today. Um, right. and so it was, it was difficult. And especially, you know, I didn't, my main buying skills didn't really transfer to New York buying skills, but I did end up, end up getting recruited by um, a recruitment firm um, for a buyer position. They quickly realized that I, you know, I wasn't cut out for that, but they were like, Hey, you have a, a pretty outgoing personality. It seems like you like to, to talk. Um, have you ever thought about recruiting? And I was like, no, but, but they were like, you can't shut up. Okay, <laughs> but, that's but good. A good quality for, for a recruiter. Um, and so the next thing I knew I was, uh, starting out, I met the, the president and, and the VP. Um, and I was like, let me just give this a shot. I mean, I was lucky that I was in my twenties that where I didn't have a lot of, um, it was, it was an okay for me to take a risk. You know, I didn't have a lot of like right. overhead Responsibilities. Or anything. Exactly. And so I was like, why not? You know, I was very open to, to taking a shot and, um, you know, seven, eight plus years later, here I am having founded my own recruitment firm. So clearly it, it did, it did stick, but it was definitely a, a wild ride to getting here. Talk about what your firm is and what you do and why you created it. And then we'll talk Absolutely. about how people can learn from you. Yeah. So we are, we're Monday talent. Um, we are a recruitment firm rooted in the marketing, communications, and creative spaces. Um, and then we work on, on things that play within that space. So strategy, data, and analytics, but definitely marketing comms and creative are, are the commonalities of, of what we do, but we work across every industry. So from healthcare to consumer to financial services, professional services, um, a big, a big reason why my partners and I founded Monday um, was our commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, we saw such a gap in the market and there wasn't enough intentional action and, 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 you know, conscious, conscious behavior towards making more diverse and inclusive spaces. There was, you know, some passive conversation about it, but right. there really wasn't enough being done. So we founded Monday because we really wanted to, to make a difference on that front, to build a firm that in itself was incredibly diverse, but then also really make an impact in the spaces that we were recruiting in. Um, so we've now built a company that's more than 50% people of color. Um, and we've also really been pushing for diversity year to date, 51% of the, the people we've placed are people of color, which is definitely far above the-, the Wow, that's huge. Recruiting. Yeah, it's been, it's been amazing to see. I mean, you know, when we started Monday, this was pre the, you know, the, 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 the terrible George Floyd, Floyd tragedy. Right. And so there's been quite a shift in the, in the market, um, obviously because of COVID, but then also right. um, with Black Lives Matter movement, there has been now such a shift in, and, and, companies are now demanding diversity. So it's right. been good. bittersweet. I mean, it's amazing to see. It's definitely bittersweet. It's like, where the hell right. was this? It took these atrocities to, to get know. to where we are. Uh, but, right. um, 
but it, it has been it has been empowering to see. And so it's now like, how do we use this time and make sure that we are capitalizing on it in terms of, you know, really putting putting all forms of diversity in but particularly people of color in positions of of power so that we can keep this going and that it doesn't lose, you know, that this momentum doesn't lose fervor and that it, it you know, it, it, we, we really transform the industries. And do you work with smaller firms or just large firms? Both. We work with small, like 10 people shops. And then we you have, okay. yeah, we work with, with small, small, very small firms. Um, you know, anyone who's looking, anyone who's looking to hire within those, those industries. And then we work with huge names like LVMH or Condé Nast, but we definitely love working with like small to mid-sized firms. That's, that honestly is our sweet spot because those are the companies that are offer, often hiring multiple people, you know, and, and building out teams, which we really like doing. Right, right, because they're going to be hiring more. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I get yep. it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, diversity with age. That's yeah. one of the things that the Covey Club um, member or reader is mm -hmm. finding is a problem is that they don't want diversity of age. Right. They want you to go away and disappear. And they're treating a lot of people as if they're not valuable anymore, as if they're, you know, they, they literally, that many, many people feel like they're being turned away. I'm yeah. wondering what you're seeing, or if you include that, or if you talk about that. Um, yeah. And then what's happening now, now that we have, I mean, literally a hiring dearth, we need more right. people. Yeah. Um, I hear stories about companies wanting to bring back, you know, te retired teachers, re you know, all that kind of stuff. What do right. you see? Do you see any of that? Do you uh, hear absolutely. about that? So I think, I think you're right. I think, you know, diversity has now become such a forefront of, of the recruiting dialogue, but I think oftentimes, you know, it, color seems to uh, be the main priority and not, and not age. And I think right. that you're saying age is, is so, so important still. Like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's such a, a, a specific class of people that, you know, are in that 40 plus group who adds so much and can bring so much. But I think people often forget, you know, they're looking for what they describe as like, you know, young and hungry or, or, right. if they, you know, using the word young is often HR inappropriate. So they'll, they'll say things like we're looking for, um, you know, someone who's in the upswing of their career, which really is like someone young. <laughs> exactly. It's like that, that PCBS. Oh, like, yeah. oh. It's like, I know what you mean. Just say it. You want someone who's like under 40. Um, so. Cause we're like, hungry yeah. when we're over 40. It's just a different type exactly. of hunger. It's, right. but, uh, yeah, you, you just have expertise and experience and you're not just running around like a chicken without your head. Cut right. Off. But, right. Um, yeah. So I think, I think you're absolutely right that it, you know, you're not wrong and, and people aren't wrong in feeling that way. I think oftentimes, you know, for some reason, age is often not associated with like innovation or people who are really on the cutting edge of industry or really right. able to keep up with such a, 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 a dramatically changing landscape. Um, right. But as you're, as you, you know, you know, incredibly well, and the people that I know who are 40 plus are, you know, people I'm learning from and who are pushing me to be more innovative and more forward thinking. So we know how much value there is, but I definitely think it's still something that we need to push more for. I think there needs to be more of a, almost like a reckoning, like we have had, you know, when it comes to, to diversity, I think we need to now be more outspoken about about age diversity and how that is something that is still being overlooked. Um, I do think you're right. Companies are starting to be more open on um, the, the the age diversity front because there is such a, a war on talent, as I'm sure you keep hearing, or you know the yeah. great great resignation. So I think 
we're starting to see it in some capacity, but honestly, not enough. I still, you know, I'm hearing people as as you're hearing who are, you know, in in that that um, in that bracket that feel that they are being overlooked for jobs, or they'll get to the final stages of interviews and just keep missing out on the opportunity. And it's it's you know, is it because then finally they're meeting them in person and seeing their age or or right. things like that? I don't I don't know exactly, you know, but I I do think that there isn't you know enough openness to to age. Um, and so I think it's it's really like, I know from a recruiter perspective, we're always pushing our clients. Like it, it's not about what's on paper. It's not about the years. Like it's about who the person is and you know what they can bring to the table. What are the, some of the tips and tricks that you can offer to women who are over 40 and maybe even in their fifties and a little bit older yeah. when they're looking for a job now, say they want to go back for whatever reason, or they want to change jobs. What are the barriers that you see for them? And what are the changes that they can make in their job search that would yeah. give them an advantage? Absolutely. So I know uh, you've done a whole kind of session on this, but I think first and foremost is making sure they have a, a resume that that looks current, that keeps up with some of the, the, changing, the changing trends. You know, I, I see a lot of resumes that look pretty antiquated. And honestly, a lot of those are from like, these like resume writing experts. But oh. that's, you know, yeah, a lot of times those end up being ones that look a little bit stale and outdated with too much information. I think oh, the modern trend is, interesting. is more simple, clean. Um, there's this, this company called Canva and they have Canva, some- Canva, yeah, we love Canva. Love, obsessed with Canva. Women found They have it, resumes on there? They have resume templates. They have some really, really beautiful, very simple resume that. templates. Yeah, and it's super user-friendly. I've literally built all of our branding in Canva. Um, oh. They're champion, but yeah. So I would highly recommend going to Canva and there are some that are a little too much. Um, and there are some now, it seems to be the trend of incorporating a photo, but you really don't have to. I mean, it's it's not like viewed as a, a no-no anymore having a photo, but really you don't need a photo. You can just, but, but keeping it very simple, very high level, not putting things, you know, past, I would say 10 to 15 years plus, unless you feel like it's super relevant on your resume. Really? You just drop yeah. it off. That's so yeah. interesting. Okay. Definitely. And nobody's Definitely. asking questions. What were you doing for 15 years before? I mean, it might come up in the, at the, like in the interview, but okay. again, it's not really important. Like you want whoever's looking at your resume, their eyes to immediately go to like, what's relevant, what's most recent. And I think when they see too much, for some reason that, you know, starts to be associated with, oh, they're not, they're not with it. Outdated. Exactly. Exactly. So I think just focusing on your current roles and, you know, keeping the bullet points pretty, pretty simple. Honestly, people who are looking at your resumes, they're looking at like job title, where you've been. Um, so, so really keeping things pretty, pretty simple, pretty succinct and really tailoring it to that specific opportunity. Like you might have to have a couple versions of your resume and I can, I can go on and on about, about right. resumes. I know we don't right. have so much time, but if people do have questions, they are, are welcome to to reach out to me, but I definitely think, you know, the, the resume piece is critical. You don't even, even modern updates, like you don't have to put your full address anymore. Just put like your maybe email, like your state email address, and you can put like your state or something like that. Um, and email. Yeah. But you don't have to put like your full, you know, home, home ah. address anymore. Oh, interesting. Okay. Maybe yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to haul you in and, and have you do a little class for us oh, I'd love to. for an hour. I would, I would um, love to do that to show women what they should be doing. Cause I didn't know about Canva. We use Canva oh, yeah. all the time, but, and I'm shocked by all the stuff they have that I didn't know about. Oh, it's, it's an amazing arsenal. I could speak to it for days, but yeah. So I think okay. a modern resume and making sure though, honestly, even more important now than your resume is your LinkedIn profile. So you want uh -huh. a, 
current, a modern photo, you want to make sure that it's it's not like a grainy old school photo. You want one that that looks, you know, modern and fresh and isn't too too corporate. So, you know, you don't feel don't feel like you need to be in like a, a power suit. Like it could be even like a nice cool button down and even show some personality. Like you're smiling, maybe looking off off to the left or something. It doesn't have to right. be like a, a corporate headshot. I feel like a photo really goes a long way to showing who you are, your personality, and also that you are, you know, modern and, and current and you get what 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 the trends are right now. Um, and then really making sure that you are building out your LinkedIn profile in terms of a summary, you know, definitely don't make it a crazy long, long thing on, on your, the summary, but you can keep it um, uh, maybe around like 50 words or so. And then making sure you are including your, your experience. But again, you don't have to go back like 15, 15 years on your LinkedIn. I would say even like 10 years is a good, good amount of time. Um, and then you're putting, you know, all of your relevant jobs, putting some bullet points instead of big paragraph blocks under each experience, like put bullet points. Um, I know LinkedIn doesn't really let you put bullets, so you can just put kind of like dashes or something in place of, of bullet points. Um, but definitely, you know, a modern and a really good LinkedIn profile, particularly the photo is going to go a long way. Um, and then it's, and I know it's, it sounds so simple, but it's really like the power of networking is everything as I'm sure, you know, but I think a lot of times, especially, you know, people who feel like they're being overlooked because of age or, or other things when they're sending resumes, um, they need to get out there. They need to be meeting people, the people who have, I've heard who have had successful, you know, career pivots or success, finding a new job, you know, after a certain age are ones who are like, oh, you know, I met somebody at this event, like it doesn't even have to necessarily be a designated networking event, but just getting out there and, and meeting people or going to um, different industry things. Like I was just at um, Can last week, Can Lion, where there's tons of marketing and advertising executives. And that one is very you know expensive to go to, but even I was at South by Southwest in April and there were so many, you know, uh, again, executives and, and founders and, and owners. And, and there are also amazing panels that talk about innovation and, and, you know, what's happening. So it's a good way too to stay on top of the industry trends and then also meet people. So really immersing yourself in all of those industry relevant events or, or just getting out there in general is that is going to be your best friend. Does it have to be in person or can it be virtual stuff as well? Or are you mm -hmm. leaning towards in person? Honestly, I'm leaning towards in person now. It's hard virtual to an extent, but it's hard to form that one-on-one. -on -one. I know there's like breakout rooms and things like that, but I think it's, it's a lot easier to make a bigger impact and, and, you know, more, more bang for your buck or, or, you know, optimize your time in person because you can meet a lot more people in a, in a much shorter period of time that way. Now, what about things like business cards and um, yeah. keywords yeah, so for the computer? Definitely. So business cards are still fine. I mean, I've noticed the trends are that people aren't using them as much, but it still is the easier way to, to you know, get your information. Um, I would say branding is so important, like making sure that if, it, you know, it's your own business that you have just a really like clean and, and fresh branding and look like that really, you know, helps people associate you with being a modern company. Um, so yeah, business cards, there's also a couple of like newer business card things out there. We tried a few that are like these like digital business cards. I think they're still working out some of the kinks with some of those. So unless you can like find one that works, you know, seamlessly, I would say, you know, stick to, stick to the old school model. But um, 
even like the, the type of paper you put it on makes a difference. Like um, Moo, the, this company Moo has a beautiful, Love beautiful, Moo. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful business cards. You can get all of their, you can get samples. We found this one that I forget what it's called, but it's like this really smooth and we got so many compliments on our, like on the business card, like paper. And it's a good talking thing. If you have, you know, put that extra money into the branding, I swear will go so, so far. What do you uh, think about the scanning, the scanners on the business cards? Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, I'm still, I, I still, I think that still needs to be worked out. I think it's a way, and I get what people are trying to do to be more modern, be more innovative, but I think it's a lot of people don't want to take time to take out their phone, you know, when you're quickly trying to network and it feels like too much of a to-do, I think. So the, it, I would honestly stick to the old school for now until there is a more seamless and, and better like way of doing it. Cool. Yeah. What about keywords in your resume? I mean, we've heard about this for what the last 15 years, where if you have yep. to litter your resume with keywords that get past the computer scan. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that's also important for almost more important for LinkedIn. But as you said, a lot of the resumes, when you're first sending them in, it is just going through a computer for the first batch. So you do want to put key industry words. So I would say you can do a quick search and LinkedIn is a great tool for that. Like when you try to input different industries um, on your own profile, it shows you like predetermined um, or it shows you already like pre-programmed keywords that they have in. And so that's a good way to see like what are common keywords that people are using for your industry. So um, like, for example, I was helping my mom who was doing something for her students and she works in midwifery. Um, and so we were looking for what are relevant terms to midwifery, like women's health or, um, or you know, OBGYN or, or things like that. So definitely like see what LinkedIn has, because usually they have a good grasp of what the most common keywords are. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. What other things should we be looking for or looking at or hiring or going to or getting help with that we may not have heard of? Yeah, um, that's a great, a great question. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it, I, and not all recruiters are like this, but I love when people proactively reach out to me and ask, you know, or, or, you know, tell me their story or saying, you know, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, you know, at, at this stage in my career. And I feel like I'm honestly being overlooked because of, of, you know, my age or things like that. And just, you know, telling me their story, like, I feel so compelled to, to speak to them. And oftentimes when you have a recruiter in your corner, that can go a really long way because then we can really, you know, be your advocate, be your voice to our clients and say, listen, you need to, you need to speak to this person. And usually we have good trust with our clients that they, that they get that. Because I think a lot of times people are getting discriminated against for age before they've even gotten their foot in the door to have the conversation. And so I think if we can help at least get that foot in the door and get that conversation going, um, that's a, you know, that, that, that will give you a huge leg up. So definitely not being afraid to, get on LinkedIn and, and look for, for recruiters and, you know, start reaching out and it might be a numbers game, but, um, you know, just telling, telling your story, telling them what you're looking for, um, that can really, really go a long way. Um, something else too. So there's, um, other like amazing, uh, like networking groups for, you know, women, women leaders, like chief is an amazing, amazing group for, um, women. I think you have to be like VP plus, or I founded your own business or, or something like that. But I've been blown away by the camaraderie of that group um, and just how how much I mean I'm not surprised you know it's, it's a women's group and, and I don't you know as women we love to support each other but you can forget especially as we've been so disconnected in in this world but it's been amazing to see the network and and just how much people want to help each other in that network so I would say looking for for membership organizations like that can really really go a long way as well. 
And where would you just look them up on online women's networking yeah, you can, organizations? You can search, yeah. So like there's chief is a really good one. There's female, um, female founder collective, which is another great one. That one is, is strictly for like women founders. I know a lot of your audience are, are entrepreneurs. So that could be a great network for them, but yeah, even just like doing a quick, like Google search, like women's networks are looking on um, what sometimes I will do is I'll go and I'll do a link. I'll play around on LinkedIn and I'll, and I'll look at the profile of women at companies that I think are really inspiring, like, you know, a Spotify or something like that. And I'll look at their, their executives and I'll see what organizations they're a part of. So LinkedIn really is your best friend in like gathering that information. Like you'll see people have like the chief network or female founder collective badge on their, on their LinkedIn. And so it's a great way to like see what, what networks these women are a part of or men, but, but, you know, women in particular. And what do you find is, I mean, have you seen anything that's going on behind the scenes with ageism? Are you, I mean, other than the keywords that they're using to let you know what they're looking for? I, think, I mean, yeah. Have, what yeah. have you seen? You don't have to name names. No, no, of course. But I do think it's starting to be talked about a little bit more recently. I actually did an article with, with Fortune about this and it was, you know, women who had gone through um, similar things to, to what you were, you were telling me earlier about getting, um, you know, rejected because of, because of their age. And so I think it's starting to, we're good. I think it's, it's kind of the tip of the iceberg here where we're going to start, it's going to start becoming more and more part of the conversation, especially as diversity is such a, a part of the dialogue now, but I think that it's such a, a group that is, is not included enough. And so I think it's kind of the, the next wave we're hopefully gonna see, gonna see that happening. Um, I think that behind the scenes, I mean, as, as I said, you know, there, it, it, it does exist. Like, again, you, people are not wrong in feeling like they're being discriminated against because of age, like it definitely is happening. And so um, not that that gives comfort, but it, you know, hopefully it, it's, it, it gives comfort and like, you're not alone. It's not a, a personal thing, but it is something that we need to, we need to do more about. We need to have more conversations about it. So my hope is that, you know, this is just the start, like more, more conversations like this, more people are going to start talking about it. And it's going to start becoming more part of the, just the general, general dialogue and companies are going to start being more open to it. As I said, you know, it took a huge movement like Black Lives Matter right. to get companies more into diversity. I don't know if, you know, right. I, I hope that it won't take a huge movement to get to that point when it comes to age, but I do think we need to talk about it. I know, you know, in, in our work, it's it's definitely a part of what we are pushing for when we're pushing for diversity as well. Um, and so I hope more and more companies will be will be open to it. Um, but yeah, were, were you asking more about like other things behind the scenes or? Yeah, I was just wondering about is salary, you know, this is, this is the one of the ways of discriminating, which is to say, oh, you know, you would be happy with the compensation. Exactly. And a lot of women are willing to take, you know, a step down in salary to get back in or yeah. to get into something that they're interested in. How do you counter that? I mean, the, I was very lucky when I was running more magazine in that mm -hmm. there were a lot of retired or people who had left being editor in chief of various magazines and I was not able to pay them what they had been paid before. I just didn't have that in my salary. Right. But I was so thrilled to have their experience that they came to work for me like three days a week. We didn't tell HR we right. were doing that, but because I could only give them that amount of salary. And they were, of course, since they were so accomplished, 
they gave me more than what I needed and more than right. what in, my in value was. Right, right. Exactly. And I mean, I think that is a solution that I, I, it's not super common, but I have heard some people say, well, why don't we do like a four day work week or, or something like that? So that is something that you can, you know, it's, it's about getting creative. So that's something you can offer. If you do have the, the time, if you're out of work, you can offer to start in like a freelance capacity, say, I know you can't pay me, you know, my full. So what if I, what if I do like X, Y, Z amount of hours? a week or, or things like that so that we can, you know, you can at least prove how valuable you are. And it's unfortunate that after you've built this career that you do have to prove yourself. But unfortunately, this is sometimes the, the reality and just showing them, you know, that you are comfortable with that. So I think it's about, as you said, getting creative. So making suggestions like doing doing freelance work with them, you know, maybe getting creative with with days of of the week or it's just, you know, really pushing like for you, it is it's more about the opportunity you you're lucky that you're in a place where you don't need that you know you you can still survive on that and it's just really articulating that which i know can be uncomfortable but i think it, you know the more open you are about these things you know we're all we're all humans and at the end of the day even if someone is in an interview position or in they're interviewing you they they're human and if you know you really appeal to them and and tell them your your story and how you're feeling about the salary that often goes a long way that candor and what about the hybrid workforce? How do you see that? I mean, you know, I think, oh my God, there are so many, I just look back and I think if I could only have done hybrid when I was at the height of raising two mm -hmm. kids and I had, oh. to, you know, put on my clothes and put yeah. on my makeup and put, do my hair every morning and commute and sit there. And sometimes no one would see me. Yeah. Different and it world, was right? such a waste. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Yeah. So what are you saying about hybrid workforce and how does that apply to women a little bit older? Absolutely. So, I mean, there's been a huge shift in the, in the corporate world. I think the companies that are demanding their employees to be back in the office five days a week are, are losing out. They, they're losing talent. It's near to impossible to recruit for them. When we hear a potential new client wants to Want us, wants us to work with them and they are in the office five days a week, that gives us a big pause because we know how difficult that is to recruit for in this climate. So there's been a huge reckoning. I think hybrid is here and it's here to stay. I think some companies are staying fully remote or if not, we're seeing probably the most three days in an office, but more of the norm is like two days in the office max. Um, and oftentimes those days can be flexible. Some companies will have maybe like one designated day just to make sure that, you know, they have at least as, as many people as possible all together. But definitely like if you're at an employer or you're looking at a job and they're demanding you to be in five days a week and that doesn't fit your work life, please know that there are so many opportunities out there that you know, are, are hybrid now. And so I think, as you were saying, it, it really allows for, for people like working moms to, to be able to, to get back to work maybe sooner than they expected, or to, you know, work full-time when before maybe they only felt they could work part-time because you can be home, you can go, you know, pick up your kids after school and sign back on later online. I think we're also just seeing with the hybrid work, there seems to be more flexibility on like work hours and kind of the mentality, as long as you're getting your job done, I don't really care when you're on. I mean, I think some companies are, you know, moving that way. Some are still uh, have found ways to like track if you're online, like are you on Slack or things like that. But other companies are definitely adopting the mentality as long as you're getting your work done, it doesn't matter, which allows for people who are maybe even like caretakers for for elderly parents or things like that to be able to be present while still working. Um, and so I think it's it's been incredible in terms of allowing 
you know, people to work and to work in a full-time capacity, maybe who didn't feel that was a, a, a possibility or wasn't sustainable long-term for them, or it was just felt unmanageable and they were drowning in, in, in what they were doing. Um, I think there's also been on that, on that note, a huge, um, a huge wake up call when it comes to work-life balance and mental health. I mean, we've all been through this, you know, collective trauma with, with COVID and, and just everything going on and, you know, the current state of affairs in the world is, is it's overwhelming. It's, it's horrifying. It's, 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 it's daunting. And I think, you know, companies have realized that their employees need support. And so I'm seeing a lot more investment in terms of like wellness services or mental health, or even like better maternity leave policies or, or other things like, like that, that maybe, you know, weren't in existence before even companies that, you know, are really pushing their employees to, to take more time off or, or things like that. Like at Monday, we've implemented a four and a half day work week. We used to have summer Fridays and we decided to carry that now throughout the year. And it's productivity has not slowed down, but the work-life balance has improved dramatically. And so there definitely are a lot of companies that are, are you know, created for, for working, working parents or just people who have lives outside of work, which has been amazing to see. Like hallelujah, they're finally. I know, like that exactly, out. Like, exactly. Oh like God. it was this simple. What the hell were we doing before? Like was, seriously, what the hell were we doing? Just you can't even believe, you know, uh, just how how much wasted time. I think it's so much smarter. Anything yeah. that I didn't ask you, Jillian, that um, you wanted to say to the Covey listener? Yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, I know, and, and again, as I was kind of touching on before, it's, I completely understand how frustrating it can be to feel like you've built this career, you have all this experience, and now you're not as in high demand as you were, you know, when you had less experience, and you knew less, but I think, you know, just don't let that get you down. Like, I think I was reading some statistic where it was like, 80, I think it was like 82% of, of people of adults, like over um, 47 have successfully like career pivoted or, or had career changes or, you know, reestablished themselves. So it, it is completely possible. I think it's just, you know, sometimes it is honestly going to probably take more time and be harder than it would have been, you know, in, in your twenties or, or even thirties. But I think it's also, if a company is looking past you, then you don't want to work there anyway. Yeah. That, yeah. Which is like that, that's really to say, you know, if, if they were looking past you, then it's, it's almost a way to avoid working at a place that would have probably been incredibly toxic anyway. Right. Um, and Good so point. know that there are companies that will value you, will value your expertise. And it's just, you know, might take a little bit longer and, and, you know, having to get a little bit more creative to, to figure it out, but I'm, I'm here to help. And I know that there are a lot of other other people out there, amazing, amazing people out there who who are, are there to help or, or networks as well. So Jillian, where can listeners find you and your company? Yes, absolutely. So you can feel free. You can email me. My email is Jillian with a G. So G-I-L-L-I-A-N at monday-talent.com. Um, you can also just reach out to our general um, Monday email, hello at monday-talent.com. Um, or you can follow us on Instagram at Monday underscore talent. Awesome. Jillian, thank you so much for your time. I so appreciate it. And boy, was that a lot of information that's going to be very helpful. Thank you so thank, much. Thank you. It was wonderful, wonderful chatting with you.
Thank you for listening to this podcast with Jillian Williams. I think she has so much great information to offer us. I hope you will also come sign up for the class in the fall. She's going to grab a date and uh, hope you will be able to join us. And um, I hope that if you like this, you will subscribe to the podcast, listen to everybody else. I will tell you after doing a hundred and something of these, reinvention is a mindset. And there are people out there who've reinvented with no money and a lot of money, with connections and no connections, with, you know, all kinds of different ways. It's really about mindset. And when you listen to enough of these amazing women and write down their tips, you're going to find that you have the courage to do it as well. And I'm hoping that we can be both an inspiration and a tip list for how to get it done. And if you want more information about how to reinvent yourself, mosey on over to coveyclub.com and drop reinvention into that little spyglass search area and look at all the fabulous content that comes up. And it doesn't have to be just your career. You could be reinventing your hair. You could be reinventing your waistline. Whatever it is you're interested in, we've got it. So thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. Take care.